Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Harry Winks right to the last. To the Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We're back for instant reaction, having just watched Tottenham Hotspur being beaten by Brighton. Brighton's first win at home in the Premier League this season. Can't quite believe what I'm saying. Back with me for this post-mortem of a show. Pleased to have Lee McQueen alongside me. Lee, what is going on with our football club at the moment? I'll tell you what, everybody that listens to the pod and thank you again for all the listeners. Uh, I'd like to get a, a bit of stick out there on, on, on the social media and stuff to the main, most people are supportive. Everyone that listens to me, anyone that knows me personally knows that I always have got something to say. I, and I think I'm speechless, Rick. I, I'll be honest with you. I think I, I cannot believe what I've seen tonight. And, and I don't know why I can't believe it because you kind of think actually it's going to happen. But I was super confident that we were going to bounce back after, after midweek. Um, and wow, well, 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 we bounced, bounced down, uh, uh, down a, a few more pegs, didn't we? So yeah. I'm sure we'll get into it, but I think there's something wider here going on than just, uh, just, just a football match. Yeah. Um, but well, look, well done, Brighton as well. To, to be fair, because they, they, they had a good game, they give it a go, and they showed us what, what you can do if you play on the front foot. They did indeed. Alongside Lee, please have back on the show. We have got John Wenham from the White Rose. John, who always offers uh, some kind of fair balance during the show. John. What are we watching at the moment? Can you believe what you're watching? No, it's terrible. I mean, that was one of the worst Tottenham performances I've seen in the last 10 years or so. It was devoid of any ideas, any tactical nous, any you know belief that we could get anything from the game. That game could have gone on for another three hours and we wouldn't have got anything. You know, one shot by Vinicius on the turn, that was it over 90 minutes. It was dreadful. 
You know, the fact that we're relying on Sizoko as a right wing back to deliver crosses into the box uh, is laughable. Nothing coming from Davis on the other side. Um, and I'm just really depressed. You know, it's my, it's my birthday tomorrow and you hope that Tottenham can sort of lift you with a win and, and guide you through to positivity. But um, no, absolutely awful. And, and I'm really, really um, down and down in the doldrums about it, to be honest with you. So hopefully over this next hour, we can discuss where it went wrong and, and hopefully, you know, can it go right? Feels like a long time now, doesn't it, in terms of trying to get it back on track in terms of what is going on with our football club at the moment, in terms of the Premier League at least. Also, please have back on the show. The man's been covering me for the last three or four months, not making me do shows like this one. The wonderful Richard Cracknell's in the house. Rich, I know you're as devastated as the rest of us. What is going on? Uh, Rick, get on with the show because when I start, I think you're going to have to give me 10, 15 minutes because that's it. I'm, I'm done. I'm out. I've seen enough. And I'm going to tell you like where I am with it, where I am with him and, and everything. But if I go now, that's it. I'm going to be here till next February. To, like, so crack, crack on. Uh, welcome back. It was never this bad when I was doing it. Just saying. But um, that's why I thought yeah, clearly. Put, put it out there and I'll, <laughs> and I'll tip in as, oh. and, as and when. I am seething. Mm. Do you know what's so bizarre? I mean, obviously, there's a wider context of a of a debate to have on this show. And it's one that you know, I kind of alluded to on the last one where I did say, you know, at some point, we are going to have to discuss the manager. We are going to have to discuss the style of play. I think that time has very much kind of come now because I think this, this fan base is so fragmented at the moment in terms of who you are supporting, if you're behind the manager, if you're not behind the manager, if you're behind certain players. I think it's time to definitely have those debates on this show. But, I mean, let's just kick it off. I mean, Lee, you know, Brighton celebrating their first home win of the season against what I can only describe as a real abject Spurs display. Not sure that was actually any better than last season's 3-0 loss up against them, which was truly, let's be honest, the end for Pochettino. I mean, can you put into words, Lee, at least what we've just watched there? Not really. Uh, I mean, uh, we've, we've gone to a club that is playing some really good football. Um, uh, down at the Amex Stadium, uh, they, they're 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 quite wide open in certain certain areas. So if you can go and attack them and push them back, um, and uh, we didn't do any of that. You know, they were very very compact, e- easily compact. You know, to 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 deal with whatever we had to throw at them. Um, we had uh, yeah, we had more possession for you possession stats out there. But we had four shots on target, which I can't even believe because I can remember the Vinicius one, as uh, as John mentioned. Um, a, you know, a, a weak one from Lamella, which obviously counts as a shot on target, but it was nothing. You know, a, a free kick uh, that went just rolled into the goalkeeper's arms. Uh, they had five shots on target, sixteen attempts. We only had eight, eight attempts. We didn't have an attempt at goal at all until the twenty ninth minute in that first half, which was a uh, Steen Bergwijn shot that went by the way, woefully wide. Uh, the goalkeeper weren't tested whatsoever until that Vinicius uh, half-turn shot, which, by the way, was a good move. Um, uh, like I said, I'm, I think I'm, I'm lost for words. I just When I'm thinking back at that game, I think I, I looked more at my phone, more at my coffee cup. You know, I took the dog out for you know a little, uh, like a little wee wee, like in the in in the garden. I come back myself. Uh, I put my children. I got three girls. I put my children in, tuck them in, come back down. Do you know what I mean? I just you know, you want me to review the game? I, it was nothing going on for us at all. It it was literally. I tweeted this out. I painted I painted one of my spare rooms right during lockdown. 
Tottenham Blue, by the way. Um, and uh, and uh, it reminded me when I was waiting there, waiting for it to dry so I could put the second coat on. It's that boring. And I know that I get a lot of, you know, a lot of praise, actually. The crazy train. The crazy train isn't about being winners, right? The crazy train is feeling like we are now and then like going to Man City winning 2-0 in a couple of weeks time or beating Chelsea and then feeling like we're back on that's the crazy train when you've got Jose Mourinho at the helm that's the crazy train that's why we christened it all, all them uh, months ago uh, on the on the Love Sport shows so, so and I am Mr Optimistic and last week I, I thought oh, you know what I'll be Mr Pessimistic I, I'll go into the game I'll be and it was rubbish I really hated being pessimistic. So I was back to Mr. Positivity right up to the run-up to the game today. And it felt a lot better. And I don't feel any different post-match than what I did the other night when I was Mr. Pessimistic. So you may as well be happy you know, before the game starts, is, is what I'm saying. And I don't care if you, you start atting me or give me larges or whatever. Jose Mourinho has won. He has won everything in the game. That is a fact. He has won everything in the game. Now, whether he wins anything with us or not, you know, if a lot of the Spurs fans, if they had their way, would have him out. Wouldn't have even had him at the club. And I've backed him because he's our, he's our manager. But I have to say, I don't think the players are playing for him. I, I don't, Rick and, and, and the boys and the listeners. I, I can't put my... Sank's happened and I don't know what it is. And, and I, can't, I can't understand. And then you look at the stats... And you go, well, hang on a minute. That's only our third defeat in 23 games. And, you know, actually, it's crazy. It's like, and, it's, yeah. and, it's, and it's mental. And we are in a cup final. And we are in the latter stages of Europa League. We are. In the FA Again, Cup. It's all factual, yeah. but it's yeah. so tedious. And, and I, think, I think I'm done. I think. I think I'm done as well. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where to go from here, Rick. I'll be honest. No, you're not the only one. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, John, let's come around to you. You know, Brighton were the only team in the top four English divisions without a home league win this season before they face Spurs. You know, fair play to them because from a Tottenham perspective, that game, it was just appalling. It, it feels like the worst game of the Mourinho era. I mean, OK, Sheffield United in July was bad as well, to be honest. But, John, where are you at at the moment? Because I've got to be honest and say that I just don't see things getting better. And my worry is that, you know, you look to players for a reaction, half-time, after a game, I mean, the last couple of games, I'm seeing nothing to suggest that these players are playing for Jose Mourinho at the moment. And it's crazy, like Lee says, it's what, three defeats in a possible you know, 30 games or in a cup final in the last stage of the Europa League and FA Cup. I mean, what's going on, John, here? Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to the indecisions the manager's making. Every single game, we're seeing multiple changes. We've seen Sanchez come back in from, you know, apparently being on the naughty step and start today. We've seen Tizoko randomly starting at right back today. And I know there's been some injuries, but the, the constant changing of the back four week in, week out, you cannot build anything successful. Mourinho didn't build anything successful at, at Chelsea or Real Madrid by constantly changing the back two. It just didn't happen. He always would have John Terry and Ricardo Carvalho, you know, at Real Madrid, Ramos and, and Carvalho, you know. So, but here we seem to be changing. You know, I couldn't tell you who's going to start each week. It seems like Roden is now in favour, but, you know, he's still a young guy, inexperienced. Today was only his third Premier League start ever. And he's suddenly the first choice and our best centre-back, you know, according to some. Um, Al drops in and out of the team. Sanchez comes in and out. Dyer was benched today. So there's nothing to build off. No stability. And I think we're seeing that in the performances. And then you add to that, you know, the rumours of what happened between uh, Aurier and, and Lloris uh, again the Liverpool game. Today, we've seen Aurier totally removed from the squad. So that adds some credit to that story. And what effect that has then on the performances of Sissoko and, and Dombele, 
who are in a very close trio of friendships with uh, Serge Aurier. You know, they might feel like they've been let down by the way Mourinho has treated him and, and the way he treated Andombele in the past, or they might be seeing that again or whatever. And, you know, the, the, why would they, you know, maybe they're thinking, why, why do we care? You know, we're getting all this crap and then there's the whole Ali situation and winks in and out of the team. And there just seems so much, you know, we, we can never tell who's going to play week in, week out. And I think that has something to do with the level of performance the players put in, you know. Maybe they feel like they're playing well in training and they're not getting picked and maybe morale's low around the club. I, I don't know, but mm. something isn't right, as Lee alluded to. Um, and, I, and I'm actually looking forward to the window shutting tomorrow, seeing who goes out of the club and then seeing where we are. I feel like maybe with a few less egos or maybe less players around the club who maybe are unhappy about their lack of game time, we might then build something more solid moving forward with a group of players that do want to stay at Tottenham Hotspur and do well for the season ahead. But today's result was really depressing for me. As I said earlier, I felt like that game could have continued to go on and on and on and we wouldn't have scored. We weren't creating anything. You've got Lamella who does this shot where he can't, you know, not, he just sort of does his strange shot where he passes with no power and it's just frustrating, you know. This is the guy yeah, with 30 yeah. million. We're in year eight of him, year eight. And, and he's not delivered anything. You know, yeah. a couple of performances here and there, and all right, he gets it and he's passionate. Yeah, you get me to be passionate. I'd fucking swear <laughs> up to Jack Wiltshire. I'm beyond frustrated with this. And, and you know, and the players coming on, they're not offering anything. We had Winks and, and Lamella the other night tonight. It was um Lucas, all right, he did a bit of running around with his head down, but it's just frustrating. I'm 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 really exhausted with it all, to be honest with you, Rick. And I'm not one of these people, though, that will say, get the manager out, because I don't think that's fair. You know, I didn't want him to come in. I said to you, Ricky, on, on many shows that I would have given Pochettino 10 more games. If he'd have lost 10 games, we would have yeah. kept him. But yeah. I, I felt a special connection to him, and, and that's something that won't change. But Mourinho came in, and I'll now back Mourinho, you know, because I think that's fair. Mm. I, I've, you know, we're still in three cup competitions. It could still be the most successful season in my 30 years of supporting the club. Um so until we're not in those three cup competitions, I'm not going to be sending the manager out. But obviously, once the season comes to an end, that's 18 months. I think that's a fair period to evaluate where we are. I think certainly at the end of this season, we'll see the likes of Vinicius, Gareth Bale and Getson maybe sooner than that uh, depart the club. So that's three less players in the squad. Um, and then we'll see things moved around again. But for now, it's just very, very depressing because Brighton, to me, are actually bang average. You know, OK, I get they play some nice well, football. They were 17th in the league before this game. Yeah, mate, that's what I'm saying. Crazy. They are bang yeah. average. Without bang a home win. Average. Without a home win. Yeah. <laughs> and we're offering nothing. So that's yeah. depressing for me. You know, you can't just be on the Harry Kane team because it's not. Yeah. That team has got Hugo Lloris, well, captain of France. Yeah. Son, captain of South Korea. Aldevirov, captain of Belgium. And this is a team full of internationals yeah. that play at the highest level. They need to be better then pub players from Brighton, it's not acceptable. And I'm really angry totally, about it. Totally agree. I mean, Rich, coming around to you, you know, just three wins now, three wins from 11 Premier League games for Jose Mourinho and his Spurs team. You know, the performance and the scoreline, I tell you what, it should have been and could have been a lot worse as well. And that de defeat, again, it just kind of reinforces every fear about the impact of Harry Kane's absence. And again, also, Mourinho's system certainly didn't help in the first half. There was real no improvement. And I just wonder, you know, you look at the lineup tactics a combination of players now again falling out with the manager allegedly where do we go from here rich because we could sit here and talk about the game but to be fair the game was so as lee said so uninspiring dismal boring there's a wider conversation to be had here hasn't there in terms of the manager our lack of identity and where we go now as a football club tottenham hotspur are unwatchable rick that's the truth they are unwatchable let, let, let that sink in. Tottenham Hotspur, unwatchable. That is something that Tottenham has never, ever been. This club has been around since 1882, 1800 and frozen to death. 
the modern day club started with uh, Bill Nick in 1961. So that's 60 years ago. So anybody there is doesn't pre precede that. There's no nobody watching the club or at the club really that precedes that. Very few people. Now Bill Bill Nix built, built the modern day Tottenham Hotspur on certain philosophies. It's better to fail aiming high than to succeed aiming low. At Spurs we set our sights very our sights very high. So even in failure there'll be an echo of glory. To dare is to do. This club has always been about trying to be swashbuckling, playing some football, trying to trying to entertain. They they always have always have been. You know, I've I've grown up with watching Hoddle, watching Ginola, watching Gaza, watching Klinsman, watching players that get me up off of my seat. And we are currently unwatchable. It's it, it's just it's not it's not working. He's just not happening for Jose Mourinho. Now, he came in. I was very, very 50-50 about him coming. I don't, I can't take to him as a personality. Not that that should matter, really. But I, I just couldn't. But there was talk of him with a change of attitude and a change of philosophy. That he'd sort of learnt lessons from previous jobs where there'd been rumours of toxicity and rumours of fallout. So I thought, OK, let's see. Let's see if he's going to let the shackles off a little bit more to how he sort of normally sets up and plays. And at the start of the season, it looked that way. It looked like, OK, you know, the Man United game. There was some games I thought to myself, yeah, this is, this is all right. I'm, I, can, I can buy into what he's doing now. But then all of a sudden, it's all changed. The toxicity started. There's the rumours of what's going on with Delhi, the falling out there. Now, Aurier, it's just history repeating itself. It's just that that dysfunctionality with him. And on top of that, just dull as ditch wall of football. I didn't sign up for this. The thing is, Rich, have we, were, we, were we warned a little bit? Because Man United fans, I remember them saying the exact thing towards the end, Sam. We didn't sign up for this for this as well. We signed up for the trophies. We didn't sign up for this, but it almost seems like they do come hand in hand where there is almost, as I said to you guys in the WhatsApp group we've got, there's shackles put around every player. And mm. I'll give you an example, Delhi, for example. Now, there might be a case where Delhi hasn't been working hard enough. And I acknowledge that. But what he's doing is that he's stripping out um, all the risk-taking of a player to the degree to make them so disciplined. I'll give you an example, Stephen Bergvine. When he came at Spurs straight away, wonderful goal against Man City. We then saw Project Restart, wonderful goal against Manchester United. That is not the same player we are seeing now. He has been stripped, it seems, totally. of that asset that he's got of the risk-taking. And what he's done now, it's all about the defensive discipline, about what you've got to bring to a team. And I just wonder now whether that the players are revolting earlier than what they normally would, Rich. Because as we know with Mourinho, it normally is almost like a three-year cycle. But what we're seeing here is, yeah. it's actually his first full season at Tottenham, believe it or not. It doesn't feel yeah, like yeah. it. But yeah. it's quite unbelievable no, watching. They're not, they're not playing for him. Uh, but if, if, they, if they are, then it, it certainly doesn't look like mm. it. From yeah. my point of view, no one can confirm or deny it. Yeah. But they look like they are just not playing for him. But they've had enough. But the toxicity has just ripped apart that dressing room. The, the, the way he's treated certain players, the way he's asking players to play, it looks like 
that they're not buying into him. I'm sorry, Rick, he's finished. He, for me, he's finished. I, I don't want him to be, but, but he is. Sometimes things, things just are. He's, he's finished. It's, it's done. It's, it's over. They, they, they're not playing for him. They're not buying into him. And you know what? It looks like really because he, I know he said that he'd had this change of attitude and philosophy. Yeah. He hasn't. Uh, Jose Mourinho's DNA does not match Spurs. They are incompatible. They, the, the whole DNA of Spurs is the complete 180 opposite of Jose's Mourinho. And it just looks like it was always doomed to failure now because he's not changed and we've not, and we're, and we're not for changing. We're certainly not for changing. Mm. I just, this is not going to get better, Rick. This is done. It's finished. I'm going to come to Lee. I mean, the thing, Lee, is I w- what I would say is that, you know, you can lose a game but you can at least try and see logically, you know, what we're trying to do and at a point of our best player missing. But there doesn't seem to be kind of any shape, any game plan. It's stubborn. It's slow. There's a lack of ideas. I mean, we're sitting there saying it's a lack of urgency. It just at the moment feels in this, and we recall straight after a game here, I'm struggling to understand and comprehend a way forward right now, to be honest. No, let's, let's try and I don't, I don't think that's knee jerk either. No, 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 no. I don't think it is. I think, well, I think everybody listening to this pod right now, whether or not it's straight after when we put it live yeah. tonight uh, for the uh, fans overseas uh, and whether or not, you know, they're on their bike rides or their runs or all the stuff that we enjoy listening to, 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 to our opinions on, they will all be feeling the same thing like there was, uh, you know, after the Liverpool game. A couple of people want to dig you out, whatever. Don't listen to it. No problem. Um, but I think, you know, I, I would just want to t- I just want to take us uh, back back a little bit if I can. Since since Arsenal, when we beat Arsenal 2-0, uh, during that game, we had five shots, um, only three on target, but we scored two goals. We had 30% possession and they they passed us off the park, really. Uh, they had 632 passes, we had 288. And our passing accuracy was 67%. It was actually pretty woeful, but we beat them 2-0 and we didn't care. So we smashed it, uh, smashed it, uh, Arsenal, um, went top of the table. And since we went top in the Premier League, um, these were our results. Just want to read you out. So we had 12 games, including cup competitions, where we had five wins, four losses, and three draws. Okay. But in the Premier League, yeah, all four losses have come in the Premier League. So we had um, two wins in the Premier League since, since the Arsenal game. And that was uh, December the 6th. Right, we went top of the league. Since then, we've only won twice in the Premier League. We've lost four and we've drawn three. And some of them, some of them draws, if you remember, I'm sure they're etched in your mind, listeners. Palace one-one, absolute woeful. Could should have battered them, but we sat back. We ended up getting a draw. Uh, Wolves, we scored in the third third minute. Absolute should have battered them, but we sat back and we got. Uh, um, uh, we conceded from another set piece. What a draw! Yeah, we, we beat uh, um, uh, Leeds, but Leicester come to town. We were absolutely woeful and we lost 2-0. Went to Liverpool, woeful in the end. We had a good second half, good go. Bang, we lost. And that's that's what kind of killed the momentum almost, if, if there was any there. A couple of good, uh, um, I won't talk about the Cups because we think about Premier League, but a couple of good uh, wins in the Premier League, uh, in, the, in the Cups. Fulham, draw, absolutely woeful. Felt like a, felt like a loss. Sheffield United was a decent win, although they're bottom of the table, by the way. Um, so let's not get too carried away. And then we've lost to Liverpool and now we've lost to Brighton. As you rightly said, haven't won a game at home all season. The worst record in the whole of the English tier. 
and uh, and and we've rocked up and we've given them one. We've scored eleven goals during that period in the Premier League, and we've conceded twelve. Our eight games, our first eight games, two point two points per game in the Premier League. Our last eleven games, one point one. I think Sky put that stat out earlier. I mean, it's, it's, as crackers, you said, and what's that group? It's off a cliff, an utter cliff. It's just like we've reached a point of going. I can't mentally do this anymore. I can't <laughs> mentally is, defend like this anymore. I am too it feels tired, like. isn't yeah, it? Are you I'm with too, me? I'm too tired of to this structure, of this structure. Yeah. Just be under pressure and yeah. a 30 or 40. I mean, I watched Burnley. And I was a little bit, I was a little bit out of order on Burnley. I watched Burnley Chelsea um, earlier this afternoon. They didn't have one shot on target the whole match. And I think they had one shot off target, which was about the 85th minute after they'd gone 2-0 down. And I tweeted out, oh, this looks like Tottenham. And I was being a bit facetious and a bit of joking. But then you look at our stats tonight, and actually up until the 80th minute or whatever, I don't think we had like more than one shot on target. And we're playing Brighton with all due respect. I mean, I just it's mad. If you if you look at Jose, when he came in, talk about, you know, Pochino and whatever. When Jose came in, we had a big upturn in our fortunes. We were 14th in the Premier League and he started smashing, smashing us up the league. I think we hit fifth. We were playing some football where he was trying to get to and we, we went 3-0 up at West Ham and then we nearly messed that up. That was, that was, that was a, um, we won 3-2 uh, and we had, he's coming, he's had Jan Vertonghen's gone, um, Ericsson's gone, Toby signs a new deal. Undenbele's totally out in the cold. No, not even getting a game. He was hauled off at halftime at Burnley. He's hauled off Dyer, isn't he? In that in that um, in that match was it? Was it? Uh, I can't remember. It was Red Star Belgrade, was it? Uh, hauled him off at halftime. Um, he's uh, 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 sorry. Ore's probably one of the most improved players under Jose. Deli Ali's a top man. He's getting the little swipe in to when Son scored against um, West Ham. You know, should have gone out of play. Do you remember? And he that brilliant little. Do you, do you remember this, lads and listeners? And then against Manchester United, the flick that he scored as a mate. I know we lost the game, but it was absolutely outstanding bit of skill. And he was the main man, Deli Ali. Can't even get in the side now. He's not. He's not. He's not even nowhere near the squad. Yeah. So then we had the COVID break, and then we had Project Restart. One loss in twelve. After Project Reese, something like that. Massive Re- upturn. Reinvigorate him. Reinvigorate him. The third best, yeah. we took the third best amount of points, I think, yep. along with Southampton mm-hmm. in the league during that period of time. And then we had the summer transfers. Outstanding. It's probably our best window I, I, in the modern era that I, I can remember. Absolutely outstanding. Hoiberg's come in. Doherty's one of the best right wing backs in the Premier League over the last like three seasons. You know, we've got uh, Regulon. Um, we've got um, uh, Big Vinny's coming. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's definitely what Jose needs and what he wants. He was like, the, the and one, we the bought Bale signing, back. The one he wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And we bought Bale back. I mean, li- holy moly. I mean, we bought, everyone was waxing their call about Bale. Don't care what you say in hindsight now. You all wanted him back. And, and I did most. Uh, unbelievable. What a, what a summer transfer window. And then we started this season, we lost to Everton, absolutely appalling. And then we were brilliant. We were smashing United by six. Saints scoring five. Maka Bahaifu Scott put seven past mm. them. Put three past what was that? We're scoring goals all so, over the gaff. But then, and then tell me, where it, and then what's happened? Then you know where it changes. The West Ham game. The West Ham since game. That, since that what? game, it was almost like he didn't want to be embarrassed again. Then by... we go to Burnley and we scrape yeah. a one nil, and then we go to West Brom and we scrape a one nil, and then you know we're coming Come out of the pod, you know, tough places to go and this that, and the other, because yeah. we're backing the guy and we're mm. backing the team and we're trying to get behind him and we're trying to support our team. We're called supporters, mm. so we're supporting it. But actually, 
crackers is right. You can't play that football. And do you know what, Rick? I know I'm having a bit of a rant. I don't want to lose my call, right? But this is worse than AVB. Uh, people will put stats in front of me and say, well, AVB got a points record, uh, Tottenham points record, uh, you know, in, in the league under AVB. But his football was utter woeful. And I remember 3rd of November 2012, I was in the South Stand at the old White Hart Lane and we lost to Wigan 1-0. And it that, was yeah. absolutely appalling. And it was mm-hmm. when I turned around to my boys and I said, I'm done. And I think that's where the point definitely crackers is at tonight. I think there's a lot of listeners here uh, tonight or in the morning when you I guys think, are I think, listening. I think people were done before, that point. I think people and, done before and, this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just... And I, we're still I, in a honestly, cup And we've still got a cup final to come, like John says. I mean, John, can I ask you, John, just on the point? Because I know there'll be people also that are still very much still believing in Jose here. And like you said, you're going to give him until the end of the season. And listen, as a fan, everyone's got their right to where they feel their tipping point is. Is there an argument here, John, that the players that he's got are just not good enough to implement the plan that he wants them to. Because I know that's a, a case where, again, on this pod, that we're trying to make it as fair balance as we can. Do we say that if the players do not make the individual errors that they do, that, you know, Jose's tactics, they will work? Because we was top at the league at some point this season, as we know. Um, we are still in the cup competitions. Is that an argument, John, we need to have here? Are the players good enough for him? Look, personally, I think the players are... We've got an outstanding group of players. We've got people like Hoybier, Endombele, Kane, Son, Lloris, Alderweireld, Regulon. These are, these are top-class players. And no offence to Brighton, but every single player I've just named to you walks into Brighton's player, wins their Player of the Year award every single year for the next decade. I'm not joking, mate. Uh, you know, we've got exceptionally good players and they're putting in drab performances. Does that come from the way we're setting up? In my opinion, yes. You know, that they're, they're, you know playing players out of position, constant changing of tactics making players hold back from their natural game styles. You know, us as fans could sit here and say, oh, let's go out and sign Grealish and Zaha tomorrow, right? But if we got them, would they be put in the same position that, Rick, you're saying that Bergwijn is? You know, playing with the cuffs on, being shackled back. It'd be pointless getting these players. So this whole, you know, tactical style and whatever, it just is not working, is it? You know, these are... There's also loads of other performances we've not mentioned, you know, drab performances at Antwerp with Mm. this same group of players, you know? Um, So it's happened a lot this season and people are getting frustrated and people will buy into it. I'm only buying into it because we are still in that cup final and we're still in a chance of, of doing stuff this season. Um, and I think that's just that's just how I'm going to run with it. You know, I asked this question. You know, we listen, and people are going to probably laugh at me even asking this. Yeah. Can he change? Will he change? You know, for a group of players is I mean, Richard is shaking his head. I'm going to come to Richard in a second. He needs to change or. All those things I've just said about us being in free competitions will not be the case anymore. Mm. If he doesn't change, if he persists with changing the back four week in, week out, so the players have no confidence of who they're partnering up with and who they, mm. you know who's starting each game and building those relationships on the pitch that are so key that we did so well under Pochettino with, with Jan and Toby at the back, yep. then you'd have Dembele and Wanyama in the midfield, Kane, Son, Ali, whatever. We've got no partnerships at the moment. The team changes all the time and nothing can be built off that. Yep. So for me, he has to change. If he doesn't, we won't be in those three competitions anymore and we'll get to April. And if we lose to Manchester City and at that point we're already out of the FA Cup, I'll be the one saying to you, Rick, get him out. But at this point, I'm not. I'm giving him time. Let's see where we get to. But he needs to change. There's no point saying he can't change. He needs to change. Yeah. And if he doesn't do, he will be out of the job. It's simple as that. I've got to say, you know, in between this mess we're trying to create here um, on this podcast, we've had over 220 questions in on the last one on Spurs. I think it's fair to say we won't be able to get through all of the 220. So what we've tried to do, of of course, is take a flavour of your questions and try and ask the guys their thoughts. I mean, Rich, before we go to a break, one of the things that really kind of stood out for me was that Spurs created 
0.48 XG in the 130 minutes since Harry Kane's injury. Quite simply, not much on the creation point. And again, it indicates heavily how much Harry Kane, everything goes through Harry. You know, all the supply goes through Harry for Son especially. There's no surprise to me that Hummin Son wasn't great, obviously in the game we've just seen here, because he relies so much on Harry. So the concern we've got, you know, Rich, is without Harry on that field, how even more concerning is it about our lack of creativity? Because I know we've, we're all thinking that, you know, Spurs being Spurs, we might come back and get a result in that second half because it's Brighton. But I tell you, I am in real fear here of this season really, really derailing because the league position to some degree is quite false because of the nature of just how crazy and chaotic this Premier League is. Well, we lost Kane uh, under Pochettino for two injuries. And while he was away, well, we had we had really good stats. We had we had a good few wins. We actually looked a decent side. So Kane missing mm. isn't isn't the problem. It's what's going on in the tactics around it. Lost Kane under Pochettino, just changed the way we played slightly. Other personnel stepped up because they felt like they wanted to step up, step up and needed to step up and step up. They did. It looks like they're not doing it. It's just now it doesn't matter who we lose. It's just it's a plain horrible fact that whatever whatever happens, whoever comes in, whoever goes out, like you say, if we bring in Zaha, we bring in Messi, we bring in whoever, they're just they're just not going to play in this team because I'm I'm sorry, but that dressing room has gone. They are not playing for him. I'm just like. I just, I just can't see any other reason why. I don't know. We, we can speculate till the cows come home as to why, but, it, but it's gone. It has gone. And you know, it's not like Jose hasn't got form for this either, is it? It's just like it's. It's just, it come, it's just come trip. quicker, Rich, than what we expected. Let's be honest it, about it's, it. It's just, it's yeah. just come round quicker. Yeah. And you know, uh, John, like uh, he's absolutely entitled and well done for st sticking with him. I wish I had that stickability, but I, I, listen, I've I've just got to an age where I've made really painful decisions in life, and sometimes you think to yourself, you know what, like I'll oh, give it a try. No, you just have to, you just have to make it. You just you see something and you go. Right, that's it. It's finished. It, it can't repair. I just can't see it repairing, Rick. That's that's the problem. It's not Kane missing. That's it's a wider, bigger problem. It's not down to one person not now being in the team. As I said, stepped up before. We 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 did step up before when he wasn't there. They are not trying a leg. We saw it this evening with Bergvine tracking back when Toby cleared off the line, jogging back jogging back and then puts a run in. They're just, they're, they're not, they're not trying. We, we've just got to make a horrible, hard decision to let, to let him go. I was like, we are Daniel Levy, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's yeah, uh, yeah. Daniel, yeah. it's, it's, you know, people may think this is again, for some people, this might be quite knee jerk for some. I think they'll probably be thinking, God, it's taking you this long to kind of have this discussion. We are going to go for a very quick break. When we return we're going to be discussing Jose Muno's post-match comments and if Spurs are looking for their next manager, if they are, whether it be now or later down the line, where do they turn to? And also we've got the small case of just Chelsea to play also during the week to come, who've also just changed their manager recently. So lots still to come. Do not go anywhere. We're going to be back after this very, very 
short break. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Hello and welcome back to the second half of The Last Word on Spurs. Can I just say, if you're still listening, thank you for sticking with us. It is quite a painful show. They have been quite painful recently. Rich is telling me it's because I've been returning. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I need to go away for longer. I let Rich take the reins. I don't know what I've come back to, to be honest with you. Just absolutely crazy. Lee, I want to take you to Jose Mourinho's. I mean, we've not even spoken about the game yet. There's not really much to say about the game, but just taking to his post-match comments here from Jose, which, you know, I'll tell you what, I just... Uh, do you know what? It's, it's just quite incredible I'm reading some of the stuff that I'm reading here. So on the game, he spoke to Sky. He said that for him, he firmly insisted that Spurs deserved much more from the game. He said he saw a team of a different soul. The boys deserved really more than what we got. He makes a point no, that really. saying that the self-esteem issues on the pitch were also to play for. He said the team were a bit sad to consider goal in the beginning. He thought that even brought more sadness to them. He goes on to say that we lost the match. When we lose a match, we lose a match, we lose together. We don't lose because of one player. I mean, again, depending on what narrative you go on, Sky's narrative feels that a lot of the players, they're kind of inkling here that there's something more than just the defeat here. It's more to do with the structure and the style. I mean, like I say, Jose has said that he doesn't expect any players to be coming in on this deadline day. If you're listening to this on deadline day, if you're listening to it past deadline day, you'll know the verdict. I mean... What do you make, Lee, of the post-match comments here from Jose Mourinho? Would you expect him to say any different at the moment? He says on Serge being out, yeah. it was a technical decision, and I'm happy with the decision because I thought Sissoko played very, very well. Thoughts? Well, well no. Well, Sissoko didn't play very, very well. Um, and we didn't deserve anything out of that game whatsoever. They're the two key things that I disagree with him. But... He, for once, I actually quite like the fact that he's not kind of throw it, throw it, uh, the the proverbial bus that he carries on parking. He's not throwing his players under it for once, which which is a you know from a managerial perspective, he he can see that they're hurting. There's some it, as a team as a as where we are in this moment right now. So at least he's come out and kind of you know alluded to the fact that that you know when he talks about being sad and you know whatever he hasn't come out and been an arrogant you know his arrogant self. So. There's obviously problems to fix uh, for for sure, um, but like I said before, I mean, I used to I used to love listening to the post match press conferences and really getting into it, and I just I just don't feel I feel a bit embarrassed, lads, listeners. I feel a bit. It sounds so horrible. I feel a bit embarrassed to like to support Tottenham at the minute. Like, you know what I mean? And I don't, I don't care for rival fans. It don't matter to me. I don't care for rival fans listening and laughing or whatever. That's the reality, right? I wear my heart on my sleeve. Um, I'm bored with watching this football. Um, and if we think a Carabao Cup is going to paper over these cracks, we, we, it's not going to happen. I've just put a poll out on Twitter. So, um, you know, to, to see whether or not, you know, w- what the mood is. And a lot of the timeline at the moment on, on social media is saying, Joe, say out. Um it's tough. I can't believe we're saying that. I can't believe we're saying that already. Like, we said it from day one, didn't I, Rick? Yeah, said yeah. It from day one about an interim appointment. We all know yeah. what Jose is like, but it's, it's typically normally quickly. two and a half years at least. <laughs> Not bloody Not five quickly. minutes. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, one of the key things that we've seen 
with regards to Jose and obviously I think recently is the frustration of, and I know, you know, John, you brought this up many times, is the con- consistent changing of the team, you know, whether it's the midfield, whether it's the defence, you know. And I think one of the things that the Pochettino that drove us insane was keep the same back four or at least keep the same centre-back partnership. You know, I think it's only now, again, you realise just how incredible the duo we had of Adeviron and Yamatonga were together because we are really struggling now to find a decent centre-back pairing to the players that we've got. It just doesn't seem to be working right now. I mean, you do feel, John, for Spurs to have any short-term success with this head coach, you have to try and keep a reasonable same amount of... Well, same amount of players every week, don't you? At at least as a minimum. Yeah, look, for me... Now to the end of the season, I'd have Alderweireld next to Roden every single game. I've seen enough in Roden. Look, he's made a few mistakes, but he's a young guy. I've seen enough potential there. We've invested a decent sum of money in him. Let's play him now. You know, play those two. Dyer as the backup. Move Sanchez on. That's what I would do. Um, and then you've got Tanganga as well. There's some talk he might go to West Brom on loan. We'll see how that plays out tomorrow. But for me, we just need to settle down with an eleven we're going to stick with now and stop with all the changes. But they're just not working. And, and today was another a body blow for this idea that we've got all this great depth because we don't. The players that we thought were going to deliver this, that and the other, and that might be because of the tactics they're getting and the style. Um, it's just not happening, is it, Rick? So, yeah, I would like to see a, a settled back line, uh, certainly now now to the end of the season, if we're going to build on any success this year. What do you think, Rick? I mean, in terms of those centre-halves, who would you go with? I'd probably say the same. I've been impressed by Roden. My concern is that I still think there's a mistake in him. He's a young lad and I feel sorry for him because he's in a team that's littered with individual errors and players that are unconfident. And it's such a shame because there clearly is a real talented player in there. You know, you can see by the way he receives the ball, he wants to take the ball forward. I definitely think there's a lad there that likes to play with the ball. But I I feel for anybody at the moment coming into this team because it's just not a great time to be coming into this team at the moment. Everybody looks so devoid of confidence. Everybody looks so devoid of playing this style like Lee alluded to earlier. And, you know, Rich, you know, having seen the team come in, again, I don't think we're surprised anymore to see the changes that we have. You know, we saw some big changes. We saw Tobel Avarel, Davidson Sanchez coming into the back line on either side of Roden, Eric Dyer dropping out the starting lineup. There was also a chance at right wing back, with neither Serge Aurier nor Matt Doherty available for Sissoko, who took the reins. Mourinho said he had a good performance. As we know, Aurier was reportedly left the stadium at half-time during the defeat to Liverpool after being involved in some form of an incident. Again, speculation there. Ben Davis continued at left wing back. I mean, Rich, when you see the team, does that already kind of you feel on the back foot to begin with? Yeah, it's just, it's just so unsettled. And it just seems to be a case of, Like, well, that team hasn't worked and they're not playing the way I want them to. They don't seem to be motivated to play the way I want them to. So instead of me changing, I'm going to change the 11 and I'm going to play this team. Now, that hasn't worked. So how many different formulas and different 11s and different formations is he going to try before he turns around and looks and goes, maybe it's something I'm doing. Maybe maybe it's me. And, and this is this seems to be Jose's MO. It's, it's never him. It's like, well, you're not, you're just not playing for me. So I'm going to drop you. You're not playing me. I'm going to drop you. You, you can't keep doing that. You just, it's just, that's madness. Absolute madness. It's not settled. And nobody's coming in and, 
and doing it for him because none of none of them just seem to want to do it for him. So keep changing it. That just makes you just dig in your hole deeper and deeper and deeper. So yeah, it's just it's madness, Rick. It's it's absolute madness, and this is the problem. Jose is not for changing, you know. He's like Mrs. Thatcher. The lady's not for turning. He's got his way, and that's it. If it's a young manager who's making some mistakes, and you go, okay, and you see he tries something a bit different because that wasn't working, fair enough, you go, okay. But Jose has been there, done it, uh, so and he's not going to change. He's, it's not like he's learning on the job. He knows the job, but this job just is just not for him. So he's not he's not going to change. It's it's, it's going to end in tears. It always was, wasn't it? It always does with him. Not, it always not as soon as we expect it, as we keep on saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's just this book has been a bit shorter this time, and mm. uh, I, I I don't I just don't think it matters a jot. What happens now? What he changes? What he tries to change? He's not going to find a, a magic formula. That that uh, low, low confidence in Jose is right through that dressing room now, right through that squad uh, uh, and the team and itself. And you can and it translates on the pitch. I mean, the opening goal, for example, you see, Correct. you know, it's quite concerning just how much space again Brian have to score that first goal. You know, and this is a guy Trossard hadn't scored in 19 games before that. Many will be saying it's typical Dr. Tottenham, but it's more than just that. It was all too easy for Brighton to take the lead. And then you look at, for example, getting to halftime, you know, Sanchez sacrificed. I didn't think he did too much wrong. He was more the full guy. But, you know, we saw throughout the team, Alderweireld at certain points, real stoppy distribution. Although what I've got to say, he made a fantastic starting block to Zanai Connolly, who thought he had an open goal to fire into. Roden, we mentioned, didn't cover himself in glory, Joe during the build-up to Trossard's goal, mostly ball-watching, but didn't do too much wrong after that. But it's very, very clear that during that game, you know, we had no real focal point up front. You know, whenever they got the ball anywhere near the Brighton box, the options just weren't there. So little movement, no plan, no ideas, no urgency, as we've said before. And again, I think it kind of leads us to kind of thinking, well, where do we go from here? What is next? I mean, Lee, we are in February, as stands now on this yeah. podcast. You know, we are, as we've said... League-wise, you know, we're not horrendously too far from the top four. We have got a cup final. We are in the FA Cup. We're in the latter stages of the Europa League. Would Daniel Levy pull that trigger right now on no. Jose Mourinho, the man that he has wanted exactly. for such a long time? No way. He can't do it. What's Jose on? About $5,000 million a year or pounds a year or whatever he's on. I mean, there's no way that he's going to pull the trigger. No way. He's wanted this guy at this football club for so long now he's finally got him. Again, I'll go back to AVB. It reminds me of AB, AVB. AVB was the next Jose Mourinho, the Portuguese guys. He's young, up and coming. Chelsea got him and then he failed at Chelsea. Uh, and then he come to Spurs uh, and then he failed at Tottenham, uh, ultimately. Although, you know, finished some, some people might disagree with that, but the, the football was horrific. You know, it's, and it's the same thing all over again with Jose. Jose was coveted. Well, all these clubs, Manchester United, Real Madrid, amazing. Won everything in the game. Daniel Levy's wanted him. There's no way he's going to pay him off in a in a situation where we are with a pandemic, with our, no cash floating about whatsoever, and 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 then you've got the then you've got the argument if if you know if we want to open this can of worms up, depending on what what happens is well who comes in, you know you have got Ralph Hasenhuttl, which you know we probably like fella, he, he cried when he beat Liverpool 
I mean, you know, is that, is that the sort of guy that we want? You know, you and we're all saying, po- and we're all saying Pochettino the way he reacted after the exactly. Champions League. What about Brendan Rodgers? Well, hang on a minute. Let's the City have lost more games than we have in the league. I mean, you could not make this stuff up. If you look at the league, you said we're not too far for top four. We've got, we're, we're six points off the top four with a game in hand, right? Which yeah. is against Aston Villa. And, uh, you know, which... Well, no, no, game, no, game at the moment is, no game at the moment is, uh, you can say it's three points at the moment. Yeah, well, mm. at the end of the day, say it's three points. So we're three points off of that, get, off, of, off of the top four. The way the league's going, who would have predicted that Manchester United, who, by all accounts, Wayne Mooney's coming out, Roy Keane's coming out, where Ferdinand couldn't get enough of it, all saying they're going to win the league. And then they lose to Sheffield United. Well, you, you couldn't make this season up. It wouldn't surprise me. And I said this, I think, in, in lockdown. It wouldn't surprise me. The uh, 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 restart, sorry. It wouldn't surprise me if Tottenham lost the next three, four games. It, w- it wouldn't surprise me if he went on a run and, and won our next nine. It's just, it just nothing. That's why I call it crazy trains. Utterly, it's utter madness. Add to that that we're in the cup final. Add to that we're in the fifth round of the FA Cup. Add to that we're in the latter stage of the Champions League. This, you know, if the manager was to go, he's never going to walk because of the money and whatever. If he was to go, it's a it's a very very attractive job, isn't it, for somebody coming in? But we we go and we so we pay Jose Mourinho. If this is you know this is like the homegrown player is, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Let's, let's just have a look. We pay Jose Mourinho. It's never going to happen. Pay no. Jose Mourinho, <laughs> and then we go and pay Leicester City to get Brendan Rodgers out. I mean, can you literally no, it's see just, that happen? It's, it's never going to happen. But so then who's available? So then who's available that we yeah. don't have to get out of a contract? Who's floating about? And then you're going to throw, throw the right old names out there. You know, Thomas Tuchel's just been taken. Mm. You know, Pochino's just got a new job. Um, you know, so who else is available? Is Allegri um, available? Allegri. Like, I mean, what's yeah. he going to do? Come in and change? Mm. It's just, you know, it's, it's a very, very difficult situation. Maybe it's a moment that we need to come together. Maybe it's a moment that we need to say, look, we, we win and lose together and we we got to move forward. But like what Cracker said and what, what John said and what you said as well, the reality is that we need to change that. You keep doing the same things, yeah, you get same, the same results. And how many times did we sit in the potch? How many times did we sit in the potch? We say the same yeah, things. Yeah, we say yeah. the same thing. You know, I, I remember sitting on uh, on the Love Sports shows, this would have been at least two, probably two and a half seasons ago, saying, oh, it's another back four this, one, uh, this week. He's changed the back four again. This is under Poch, right? It's, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Like the lads just said, everything you're just swapping over week after week after game after game. You know, and Harry Kane gets injured. Anyone surprised? Of course they're not. We buy a striker that's potentially worth 45 million euros in the, in the summer transfer window, but that we played Kane every single game. Why do you think he's injured? It's just unreal. Who do you think is going to be injured next? Shall well, I give you a little son. clue? Son. I mean, son. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just ridiculous. We don't learn from our mistakes. We keep doing the same thing over and over again. And what's, what's crazy about all of it, it's a different manager. That's a, it's a completely different philosophy. Mm. Same things are happening. So if it's a different manager, we're saying that, is it more we look towards the board? But then I do say the board have spent a lot of money this summer. In the terms... I don't think it is. A, I think mm. they've backed it. They've backed him. They've mm. backed the manager. Oh, they've, ba- yeah, they've backed Jose Mourinho. Yeah, exactly. Sure, I, 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 I do think for once on this show where we've tried to always look at objectively you yeah, know, yeah, where yeah. we're going wrong. Previously, it has been the board. But you've got to say this summer... They put their money where their mouth is. They delivered for them for the head coach. Marino was happy with the investment. I mean, John, yeah. coming to you, John, where you know you are saying from your perspective, you are still going to be behind him until the end of this season. What can change now? Because you've said that you know he's going to have to change. History tells you that Jose Marino does not change for anybody. So I'm thinking, why would he change now for Tottenham if he hasn't changed for Man United, Inter Milan, Real Madrid, 
Chelsea, what tells you he would change or, or what can change now to try and get this season back on track? Where, to be fair, again, we say it, you know, we're not too many results off being back involved in a real battle for the top four. And we're still, as you've said here, we're in free cup competitions. Yeah, look, for me, it's about Jose Mourinho himself. He came to Tottenham at a point where a lot of people had written him off. A lot of people had already said he's finished. He's tried it in English football with Man United and hadn't worked there and a second negative spell at Chelsea. But he'd won things at all those clubs. If he gets sacked from Tottenham or leaves Tottenham without winning anything, deemed as a failure, he ain't getting another job in this country. And that's it finished for him. He likes living here. He's got his nice house in South London, in Chelsea. Um, he likes living in London. He's got a good setup here. He cannot be a failure for himself. He cannot be remembered as his legacy that he came to a club and didn't win anything. It's impossible for him, the way he's built himself, the ego, uh, the history of the man. So he cannot be a failure. So he has to change. He may not have changed before, but he won things everywhere he'd been before. At Tottenham, if he wants his legacy to remain, he has to change because at the moment it is not working and we're serving up dire performance after dire performance with changed players, no structure, no strategy, no identity. We talked about other managers, Rick, and at the night when or night after Potch was sacked and we did that very emotional love sports show, I couldn't really comprehend the new manager, but the one I did suggest when forced on it was Brendan Rodgers. I, you know, I, th I think he's outstanding if I'm being honest with you I think he gets the best out of the players he's got he promotes a lot of the things that I like you know which is bringing through young players we've seen at Leicester Harvey Barnes get a, a good opportunity uh, Ben Chilwell before that Hamza Chowdhury he also recruitment wise is outstanding the players Leicester have brought in Ricardo Pereira um, they've got Fafana at the back this summer um, who's been a brilliant signing and slotted straight into Premier League football from the league uh, um, you know James Justin the young English guy from, from Luton so you know, I really like it a lot about Brendan Rodgers. I think he's done well wherever he's been. Um, and the other one that always gets mentioned is Ralph Hussenhoff. And for me, um, I saw enough in the game when we played Southampton that I wouldn't touch him. Uh, you know, he sat there and watched as we played the same ball over the top five times for Sun to race through and score and didn't change anything. You know, he resided over that 9-0 defeat or whatever it was. But our fans seemed to Sounds love like him. Jose, don't want to you change know, anything. For, for, for me personally, I, I'm not touching him. I think he's very overrated. And just, just quickly, Rick, before I know you want to ask sort of crackers, I yeah. just want to say on the Brendan Rodgers thing, and like I'm not, I'm not um, saying that he's a bad manager or anything like that, right? But last season, uh, Leicester City were oh, in the think... top four the entire they... season, right? Yeah, they... Until the last game. Hang on, uh, this is incredible, right? Mm. Until the last game, and they dropped out of the top four, and they finished fifth on, uh, and they got 62 points, mm. right? That's yeah. that's what they finished. Tottenham Hotspur, who had a management change during that period of time and was boring as hell and blah, 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 right? They finished three points behind the fella, okay? Three points behind. All right, fair enough, fair enough. It was last season, get a new season going, whatever, right? As we talk today, Brendan Rodgers has played one more game than Tottenham Hotspur and he's on 39 points. And Tottenham, we're having a nightmare. We'll get sack the manager, get him out. It's an absolute rubbish. Six points behind him. So if what we win our game now, we're only three points yeah. behind him. I, I find that incredible. Plus the fact that Brendan Rodgers has had the money to spend, which he's been backed. He's brought some fantastic players, as John just said. I totally agree with all that. Yeah. yeah. I suppose the point I'm making is not having a go at Brendan Rodgers. It's the league is crazy. It's mm. utterly madness. Oh, yeah, yeah. The perception is that Leicester City are outstanding. They've had a fantastic season. They've, they've lost more games than what Tottenham have. And they're only uh, six points in front of us. We've got a game in hand. And they've had fantastic recruitment. And, you know, but, but they're not that far away. I, I still think that we'll finish above Leicester. 
personally. And, and the listeners, if you remember, I was... there, if I can, obviously the Leicester we beat last year, 3-0 Project Restart, and the Leicester that collapsed at the end of the season had an incredible amount of injuries, right? Incredible amount. The whole back four had changed. No Vardy, whatever. They were not the same team. And they lost to Man United on the last game of the season to miss out on the top four in basically a, a knockout tie against United. And that was disappointing. This year, they came to Spurs and they comfortably beat us 2-0. Looked way million miles better than us. So, so for me, you know, I'm not saying to sack the manager, but if I was, he would certainly be the man I'm going for. I think on limited resources, he buys extremely well. And I just think he'd fit into the ethos at Tottenham Hotspur in terms of how he works in the transfer market. John, I might be wrong here, John. Is there a feeling that I've got with Rogers where he was interviewed for the Spurs job? I think Swansea time, and it, it didn't, he wasn't, something wasn't right there. I don't think he actually, yeah. he hasn't got a warm feeling towards the Spurs ball from what I can remember a long, long time ago. I might be wrong no, no. with that. Am I wrong with that? No, no. No, I, th- I think you mentioned this in the week, and I, and I thought about it, and I have a real memory of that, actually. Mm. I think he he turned us down, maybe, to stay with Swansea, yeah. and then a year later joined Liverpool. Yeah. So, obviously, something's gone on there. Yeah. But, look, at the end of the day, I, I just think if we really went for him, I don't, I don't want to talk about going for him, so I don't want to sack really yeah, yet. Yeah. But, look, if we were, mm. it's a simple call. Do you want to come and manage at the eighth richest club in world football, in London, Best with Fox Bellway, with that stadium, stadium. Yeah. with Harry Kane, with Sun, do you want to work with these people? He would say mm. yes. I guarantee you. Guarantee mm. you he'd say yes. Yeah, I mean, Rich yeah. has come to you because I know, Rich, you will talk about other managers. You will throw other names out there. So tell me, Rich, at the moment where you're at and who could really, if you think now, who could come in and make an immediate difference? I mean, people probably say anybody at the moment, but all, all joking aside, who comes in, Rich, now that for you look at and think, you know what? That's a top-class calibre appointment that's going to take us further than what Pochettino did, what Mourinho is about in terms of his trophies. Who is that man? Because I'm at the moment, whilst I'm sitting here saying that I really am not sure about a way forward, I haven't really come in my mind to a real resolution at the moment. I think John is quite spot on now with Brendan Rodgers, actually. Um I don't know. Is there a manager out there that can that can do that? Because it just seems under the current owners, we've tried every type of manager. We've tried disciplinarians, both domestic and foreign manager. We've tried your cuddly, nice arm around the shoulder manager, both domestic and foreign. It hasn't worked. And everything in between, nothing has really, really gone that that full distance you know we we've got now or thereabouts so will, will any of them work i don't know perhaps there's something else at the club which means that it's just not going to work for whoever but you know if you if you said well Mourinho's got to go and bring somebody in then yeah brendan brendan rogers at leicester just seems to be probably the best choice because he knows the league. Uh, he, he'll know he'll know the club. He'll know all about us. And you know, do, doing what I've done with the, the charity football that, that I do, I've been round to a lot of the clubs, a lot of Premier League clubs that they they play the games at Premier League uh, stadiums. And I, I've been to Leicester, and I tell you this: Leicester staff are brilliant. They are lovely, lovely, lovely people. Right. Leicester's a lovely club run by lovely people, lovely staff there, as I said, but it ain't nowhere near Tottenham Hotspur. Absolutely nowhere near. I've been to that new training ground. I've been into like the first team areas and that. It is absolutely stunning. We've all seen 
the new stadium. I've not been, been, been round the back of it and behind the scenes, but you only have to look at the public areas. It's stunning. There's nobody turning us down coming from a club like Leicester um, that's just going to turn it down. He would not turn that down. Not with the infrastructure, not with the players. And when you look at the calibre of player that Brendan Rodgers has at Leicester and the calibre of player that Spurs in the main, not all of them, because there is some there that do need to go. If he can, if he can pick them up, the current players that we've got now, to the same percentage he has with those Leicester players, then, then we're on to something. Well, we, we really are on to something. We, we saw Liverpool, Rich, didn't we? He was within a hair's breadth of winning the league there. Of course, yes. you know, they'll point yes. to the fact that that Palace game, they fell apart, of course, I know with Rodgers. But all I would say to you, Richard, I mean, many people shout down the mic saying, this is fantasy talk. We're not going to sack Jose Mourinho on his wage and then buy out Brendan Rodgers no. on his wage at Leicester. So if we put that into the scenario, what else are we left with? Uh, a worry, Rick. A real. <laughs> it can't worry. be. The, it wouldn't because... be the only option, would he? On the short list of, you know, we know Nagelsmann was, you know, one of the names that was potentially on there at the time when Pochettino was, you know, being considered being let go. We know Mourinho was the first choice, but Nagelsmann was definitely on there. Would you go for a foreign appointment? Would you try someone from a different league? John saying no, 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 no. I think it needs to be a, a little bit of a safer pair so you, of hands. It would be a proven Premier League manager, in your opinion. It's got to be somebody, yeah, that knows that Premier League. I, you just could not bring somebody in that has got no understanding of it. And would, I you, think, would you go left wing to Jurgen Klinsmann and try and bring back someone who obviously, like again, it's a, a former player. Does that risk again a legendary reputation at Tottenham to bring someone like that in? No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bring Klinsmann in because there's there's often been talk of his the way he manages players as well, and uh, I just don't think that's what the club needs at the moment. He's got no Premier League experience. There's no league in world football like the Premier League. It's its own entity. It's its own animal and but this is what so points to me rich at the moment that i don't think you know we're all like we're all sitting here saying we apart from brendan rogers there's no real solution here this is what makes me think he, even more we're not yeah. really anywhere near yeah, close to him okay. being gone rich, can I, can I coming on that you know people on twitter or whatever will say oh max allegri and all this sort of stuff right he's never kicked a ball or been involved <laughs> in anything to do in this managing in this country right i can mm. tell you now people on twitter would say oh get him in he's done this he's done that right mm. it would not work We've seen it before. We've got these people and it does not work. Get me someone that's tried and tested in English football every day of the week. What, like Jose Mourinho? He's won more Premier League titles than any other sod in this freaking league right now. He's done it and at two different clubs. League. He's won that's... trophy after trophy after trophy. Mm -hmm. And the reality of the situation is all we're moaning and bemoaning about and everyone on social media and everyone listening to this pod right now is because his football stinks. But he ain't. He ain't. He hasn't had an opportunity to not win anything yet, has he? He's in a cup final for the first time. The first time in in, in his first full season that he the first cup final we can get into. What happened? Tell me what happened. He got, he got in it. He could, he's he's in it. Right, and all of a sudden he might he might get his two second or third or fourth in the Premier League. Yeah, he might want to see Europa League and he might want to see FA Cup. 
But yet we're scrabbling around for Brendan Bloody Rogers. Why does it want nothing in the Premier League? You having a laugh? But why does it leave? Why does it feel then like this? Why does the mood feel like this? Because the mood mood feels like this. The mood feels like this because everybody just wants to enjoy our football again, and Mm. and I'm no different. But I'm just listening to Chalk Sport have just done it. They've put a poll out right on social media. Who's going to be in charge of Tottenham next season? Allegri, Hurston, Hartle, Nagelsmann. Same thing. It's the same old names like John just said. So a lot of crackers have said this is just ridiculous. Like you're saying, who else can we get? Jose Marino. That's who we got. We got a serial winner. Where we are with less than a year gone. You've got to be having a laugh, boys. Listeners, we're, come we've, on. We've got Listen to, to ourselves. This fella, this fella might go, what happens if he goes and wins three cups? Hold on, Lee, you were done half hour ago. You think... No, I'm this? just... No, because... Well, that's my position, Lee. You're, you're echoing my thoughts. I said, let's give him till those cups aren't winnable That's anymore. what I'm saying. We're, we're mm. sitting here well, talking good, about... Well, good, you're on board then. Good. We're, we're sitting here talking about what, what else is there to do. No, that's the thing. I think, you know, we, we have to we stick have to get, with him. We have to sit with him. having this conversation is that there ain't anyone else. We've got well, to stick with him. I tell you what we're going to do. everything. We are going to stick with him because we're going to go for a quick break. When we return, we're sticking with him because we've got Chelsea to come. It's going to be interesting. Do not go anywhere. We're back very soon. Taking you into this break, we've got a couple of Chelsea previews and we'll try and discuss what's next to come in the soap drama that is Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. Do not go anywhere. We're back after our final break of this show. Here you go. 1-0 at uh, Brighton. Tell, tell us about the game. What did you think? I think uh, it took 45 minutes uh, to the team uh, to switch on in this game. Um, and unfortunately, uh, we were 1-0 down. No? So it makes things very complicated and and uh, and then I think yeah, it's about uh, personality, it's about intensity, aggressiveness. Uh, there was too much lack of this tonight uh, to pretend uh, getting the three points. Um, so yeah, tonight a lot of disappointment. Uh, we can feel the team with a bit of lack of confidence, uh, but we have to look forward. The big game is coming Thursday. It's maybe the best way to. To react as a team, uh, it's the moment to stick together. But I think there is a lot of disappointment from the players, uh, of course, from the manager, the coaching staff, or from the fans, because we expect more from from us. Um, but it's just a, a situation that we f- need to fix uh, as a team. Why do you think that first half, Hugo? The things that you just mentioned. What, what, why do you think tonight? I don't know. Uh, you know. We try to speak between us uh, to find, you know, uh, the energy. Uh, today we we had a lack of energy uh, in the first half, especially. Uh, and we know in Premier League the level is so tight between teams. There is no big and small teams. Uh, year after years, the the, the 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 league is even more competitive. And um, and if you are not at your best. Uh, you can pay it straight away, and, and that's what we did today. We paid the consequence of the of the first half, uh, but even after that, we had 45 minutes to find a solution. But again, was not enough. Uh, we didn't create too much tonight. Uh, they controlled the game at the back, um, but um, listen, the only way is to stick together and to prepare the next game. Uh, the confidence will be back as soon as we get. A, one good result. Uh, as you can see, this season is a strange season. You can win, you can lose. Uh, the, the other team as well. Uh, the most cons- the most consistent 
teams uh, will be uh, at the top, uh, so we cannot lose points anymore, especially in this way. You've reached a milestone tonight, Hugo. I know you won't be particularly interested in, in the defeat, but 350 appearances for the club tonight, Hugo. You're only the 25th player to get to 350. It's a, it's a proper milestone, that, but I said... Yeah, but... It's not, it's not it's, really the night uh, to celebrate, is it? No, tonight, uh, you know, it's not about numbers. I mean, I'm just, uh, yeah, sad for, for the team, for the club, for the fans, uh, for myself. I just... Uh, I just don't like this uh, this feeling, you know. Uh, I don't know one player who's going on the pitch uh, without the winning mentality. We always want the best. Um, Brighton, you can see they 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 they, they gave all. Uh, they tried to survive in the league and, and and stay in Premier League, and and you can see that they had they had the energy for it. Um, so yeah, uh, personally. Uh, I just belong to the team and, and I just don't want, want I just want to give the best for, for the team and, and enjoy the football. Okay, Jose, uh, 1-0 against Brighton in the end. Basically the first half has probably cost us, hasn't it? Yeah, we didn't start well. And uh, if you don't start well and you don't concede, you stay yourself um, not in the game because in the game you are always uh, but mentally with that happiness and that positive feeling that you need to play football. Um, I felt that the team started the game sad, and um, when we conceded that uh, that goal, uh, was a complete loss of dynamic during the first uh, the first half. Um, second half was was totally different. Uh, we couldn't score. Uh, we didn't create many many chances. Our dominancy was a dominancy with a couple of good chances, but no more than that. We didn't score. We were not happy to to score a goal. But the second half, the feeling was for me much better because at least the players, they leave here with a defeat and the defeat is, is always a defeat. But they leave with the second half where I have nothing to, to criticise them. You brought Carlos on for the second half and, and he, he, he did well up there, didn't he? Today? It is. In the first half, we tried, we tried to give Sonny the dynamics that Sonny is used to, uh, which is Harry, of course, uh, connecting with him and having a player always to play in between lines. We try to do that by not playing Carlos and by playing with Garrett and uh, and Bergwin in, in these positions there. And in the first half, the team, not because of them, but then that, the dynamic of the team um, made it look like uh, we were not uh, successful in, 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 in that. Second half, Carlos gave us the target point, the focal point. Of course, he cannot drop uh, because he's not his quality to drop and to connect. But he's a focal point in, in attack. Uh, he gives uh, good dynamic, uh, lots of movement, um, create more spaces for, uh, for other people. And the way we finish uh, the game, Lucas, Lamela, uh, Bergwin, uh, Sonny, four players uh, with, with Vinicius as a focal point, uh, they had problems. But in the end, they put defenders, defenders, which is normal. They finished with four centre-backs plus the full-backs and uh, they did their game to secure the, the, the victory for them. And just finally, can I just ask if there's an update on Harry at all? As I was saying to, to your colleagues from other guys, the news are pretty good news. Uh, in Liverpool, they no idea. Then the next day, we were thinking about three weeks, something like that. I don't want to be super optimistic. But Harry is optimistic. He has the experience of some uh, injuries in ankles. And in, in Harry's mind, it's a couple of weeks. 
Hello and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. Now, it's common knowledge, of course, we are delighted to have Five Yards on board as a brand new partnership over the course of this last couple of weeks. And I'm delighted to have alongside me again, I've got Joe from Five Yards. Joe, how are you firstly? I'm very good, Ricky. Very good. I'm surprised to, surprised to be back, but glad to be back. The second <laughs> week running. Uh, it's, it's all good, man. How are you? Yes, not bad, not bad at all. Thank you. Now, of course, this app, we've been discussing it over the last couple of weeks. We're going to dive straight back in, Joe, if we can, and just discuss players' form and how it's going to affect, like I say, their status in terms of the way they are looked at in terms of the application. And we'll start off with Javit Tanganga because I think a player there really, that at the moment, we had massively high hopes from at Tottenham, to be fair. And it's fair to say that injuries have taken its toll on Javit. And, um, I mean, every time I've seen him, I've been quite impressed with him, to be honest with you. But there's always been that worry that, you know, can we keep this guy fit? Can we keep him consistently playing week in, week out? Which at the moment we haven't done. So tell us how that's affected his rating on five yards. Well, Jaffit Tanganga, it, first of all, my favourite, one of my favourite names in all of the English Premier League. He's on five yards at 19 million at the minute, which could be incredibly low or it could be stupidly high, depending on, like you say, how you think his career at Spurs is going to go. And just quickly, I want to just ask you, quickly get this out of the way. Tanganga, do you see him becoming a starter, a regular, having that regular place in Spurs' as eleven? And if so, how many seasons do you think it will take him to get there? I think the problem we've got, Joe, at the moment is that we can't seem to keep him fit week in, week out. And therefore, if you're going to put, you know, that potential spot on him and a week in, week out, he's got to be fit. I think Spurs at the moment, they've got this issue where Jose Mourinho does not know his best back four. And we've seen that over the last couple of weeks. There hasn't been any real consistency in terms of a lineup. We've seen Toby viral dropped. We've seen Joe Roden in the team. So I think to be fair, I think we're not going to see the best of Javit Tanganga until he's going to be fit in a Spurs shirt. And I do think I've kind of come to this conclusion over the last couple of months where... I'm not too sure if we are going to see that. And maybe I'm kind of judged that too quickly. But that's just a feeling I have on Jaffet, to be fair. And it's a real difficult one because, you know, a young guy, um, so much to give, looked really good when he came into the team last season. But it's clear that injuries are going to be a massive, massive issue for him. And again, I just wonder, like I say, from that perspective, you know, whether we are going to see the best of him. But what I do want to bring your attention to is one player that we have seen the best of so far in a Spurs shirt, another defender. Sergio Regulon. Now, I have been very impressed with him. I'm sure you have too. And I'm sure that his status on the app has also shot up in the space of the last couple of months. Yeah, you're exactly right. And it, the difference between him and, like you say, a Tanganga cannot be more more different in terms of how they've gone on the platform. Tan, Tanganga, when he arrived at Spurs, that 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 high price, he's, he's gone from or something to some, nothing in the academy to and then he had his break under Mourinho and he, we we perhaps put him at this big price on five yards because we thought right he's starting regularly for Spurs but the thing with five yards is injuries hit you, your price depends on how much you're going to play football and how many assists you're going to get and how many goals you get Tanganga's not playing football he's not going to but I tell you who is playing football regularly and Regulon is Started regularly for Spurs, getting a whole bunch of assists, which I presume even you might not have expected from the team, almost playing as a winger sometimes. And that's something you need to look out for on five yards. Those defenders as well, yes, they might get wins. Yes, they may get assists. 
but it's it's all about that like i say that goal creation and if you've got a defender who's going to earn you performance pay on five yards by getting assists you cannot go wrong and that is why he's such a high price at 36 million and I can only see that price rising since he's been on the platform, since he's moved to Spurs, his price has only ever gone up. Talking about wingers you brought up there, leads us very nicely to our next player, Stephen Bergvine. Now, I've got to be honest with you, Joe, for me, I've been really, really frustrated and disappointed in terms of the way that Bergvine's been played over this last couple of months. He was brought into Tottenham as a real, for me, attacking, vibrant winger that had goals in his game. We saw some incredible goals from him, the Man City goal, of course, on his debut. and um, We've seen an incredible goal against Manchester United after Project Restart. But I feel like under Jose Mourinho, especially now, um, he has really been shackled into much more of a defensive role, a more disciplined role. And I feel that for the player... As a fan, we're not seeing the best of him at the moment. You know, I know he's had a real lack of goals in his game. Of course, he's a real, real workhorse for the team. But I just wonder whether the app does display that, Joe, from your perspective. Because Bergvine, as, an, as a winger, he's judged on his goal contributions. He's judged on scoring. If he's not doing that, how does that affect his status on the app? You're, you're exactly right. Glimpses is, is the word I would use to describe Bergwine. And that's what happens when you're a good player, but not being played in the right position, you'll have a couple of minutes a match where you show that quality, but you can't do it on a consistent basis. And that's what we're seeing with Bergwijn. He's at 45 million, which is quite high in terms of what he's actually getting in terms of his goal output. So I think our scouts think similar to you in that they realise this lad is a top quality player and given the chance, will score goals, under the right, whether it's under the right formation or under the right manager, he will get goals. He will get. He will get the assists. So he he is at forty five million, but he has dropped. Uh, he was fifty million and 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 has seen a price uh, decrease. And that's because, like you say, he's just not getting the goals and assists you'd expect. And five yards works on performance pay. So we judge a price on how much performance pay we think that player is going to earn for the rest of his career. And you earn performance pay by winning matches scoring goals and getting assists and as good as as well as he has been playing and like I say those glimpses we see of him if he's not scoring goals if he's not getting assists and obviously Tottenham can win games and and have been winning games in spells he under Mourinho I just don't see his price ever increasing because like you say he's getting restricted he's not getting those assists so you're right it is affecting his price on five yards which is perhaps a bit of bit harsh on him really if you think about it because like you say you, you all see it as Spurs fans when you watch him uh, so it's quite harsh for him to, to have that decrease in price but we can only go off his results and, and his end product uh, on five yards and he simply hasn't been doing that at the minute. Yep so let's turn our attention if we can Joe to transfer deadline day now of course the big headlines is Deli Alley who is still expected to depart Tottenham Hotspur we will know in the next couple of hours if Deli Ali will no longer be a Spurs player for a few months, we expect him to agree terms on a loan to Paris Saint-Germain. Been a whole host of names thrown about on social media about potential replacements for Deli. One of those players, again, this might be a player for the summer, is Todd Campwell. A big impression on the Premier League last season with Norwich City. Will he make that jump to the bigger club? And what do the stats represent about Todd Campwell getting a Premier League move to a club like Tottenham? Well, yeah, I think, I think again, one of those players who Norwich in the Premier League uh, a couple of seasons ago 
like Emi Buendia, really, they were they were the standout performers and you could tell they could make it at this level, just perhaps in a better team. And obviously, had he, ha, if he did move to Tottenham, would he translate that? Because he's, he's playing well in the Championship. As an EFL lad myself, you, you see he's a quality above. But on five yards currently, he's only at 16 million, which means our scouts pretty much think they've rated him and priced him at Championship value. So if you really think Campwell is the man for Spurs, if you're watching this thinking, thinking yeah, Campwell, he, he, he's the perfect man for Spurs, we'll sign him. The difference, you earn 30k in performance pay in the Championship. You earn 130k in the Premier League per, per, per goal, per assist, per win. The, the difference is, is astronomical when you think about it. He's going to be earning 100k more per goal, per assist, per win if he's at Spurs, then he is at Norwich at the minute. And that if you think Campbell is the right man for Spurs, and if you think he will get that Premier League move, whether it be in uh, this January or in the summer, he's definitely worth taking taking a look at on five yards. Like I say, only 16 million. A move to the Premier League, and, and that goes to, 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 to 20 plus at least, because the amount of output this guy will get in the Premier League, I can only see his price going up. And finally, Joe, there's some other names that have been thrown about as part of potential summer replacements for Deli Alley if they're not to be done this January is Florian Tavun and Angel Di Maria. Again, I think Di Maria may be that one. At the moment, I think based on his wages, I can't see it happening. But just give us what they look like on the app, a flavour of in terms of their performances at the moment, their status on there. Yeah, uh, Di Maria a bit higher, obviously <laughs> playing for PSG, like I say, I'll repeat again, you weren't performance pay on your wins, your goals and your assists. And if you're playing in a PSG side, the likelihood is you're going to get, be getting a lot of wins. He, he may not be performing the best in terms of his goal output and his assist output this season. But when you're winning regularly in a side like P PSG and obviously Champions League football as well, that's taken into account when you're looking at performance pay and is the big money really for players. So if you're playing in those those top clubs inside the top five European leagues, you're going to be a performance pay machine. So he's at 31 million. Torvin at 18 million, so slightly less. And like I say, that's probably because he's not playing in, he's not playing Champions League football and he's playing in League 1, which is actually seen as only 65k per game, whether it's a win, goal or assist. So again, if you think one of these players like a Torvin will move to the Premier League, he's only going to go up in price because... The difference in performance pay per game you can earn so like I say I don't think either of them if they do move will light it up in terms of goals and assists and Di Maria's already had a stint in the Premier League and we all know how that went obviously mitigating circumstances with what happened in his home life but I can't see them being bagsmen get, getting lots of goals and assists especially in the Spurs side I think Cantwell would would definitely be a better option um, but like I say they're there if you want to have a look at them and Joe, just a reminder of where people can find this great app. I mean, I think for us, we've been really enjoying using it so far. You know, really kind of, again, there's lots you can do on this app. Just give us, again, a little overview, a little brief of where we can find the app, what we can do on the app. Tell us all about this wonderful app. Yeah, so uh, fiveyards.co.uk, whack it in your URL, five, five underscore underscore yards on Twitter, uh, if you want to find us on social. But basically, Five Yards is the self-proclaimed uh, ultimate scout uh, scouting app but we're I say self-proclaimed but we're yet to be proved otherwise um, if you think you can spot a player 
if you think you know football, if you think you can see a player in the lower divisions that you think is going to go to the top, he, he can be, he's far better than the level he's playing at. If you think you, if you like academy football and can spot a, a young 16 year old, we've got Ipswich Town under 18s on, on the platform. The whole beauty of the Five Yards app is you request a player, we add them, and then you can follow their journey and be rewarded for it as well. If you put your money where your mouth is and back their career, if you maybe want to write a scout report on them, there's loads of things you can do. You can play it for free by writing scout reports or you can put your money where your mouth is and, and basically just have fun backing players. You might get it wrong. Even recruitment, well, God, Lord knows uh, recruitment at clubs get it wrong half the time. So you may get it wrong, but you may just find that gem and, and that's what Five Yards is all about. It's exciting. It is indeed. It's a delight to be like, collaborating with you guys, part of a fantastic partnership. Joe, as always, thank you so much. Always a pleasure having you on The Last Word on Spurs. Thank you very much for having me. Hi, guys. Hope you're doing really, really good. My name is Louis Beneventi. I am a Chelsea fan, which has come on a few times. Uh, I make content around the club and also around my own football team, but that's irrelevant. We are here to talk a little bit about Chelsea playing Spurs on Thursday. And I hope you're having a good week before hopefully we beat you. Um, but I think it's uh, safe to say that right now you guys are in the box seat. Chelsea are, uh, I don't know how to explain it, having a very interesting time, especially over the past few weeks, obviously with the Frank Lampard sacking uh, and obviously Thomas Tuchel coming in and getting his first win against Burnley in a very dominant performance. But again, it's Burnley, you kind of get one of two sides when you play them. Um, but yeah, obviously Chelsea at the moment, uh, it's, it's hard to really tell you what way we're going. Um, obviously, with Frank Lampard, there was a very clear set plan and a, a supposed project which is being backed by the club uh, when it clearly wasn't after he got sacked after 18 months. But um, you could, I don't know if you could tell I'm still hurting about that. Um, but yeah, he, uh, he obviously came into the side, uh, Thomas Tuchel, that is, obviously. Uh, and he's uh, he's made a few changes, made a few tweaks. We're playing a three-back system now. Uh, similar to how he played with Conte, got a double pivot. Uh, playing with uh, Kovacic and with Jorginho currently, but that might change when Kante is fully fit, as Thomas Tuchel has said he's a big fan. Um, I couldn't tell you who's the most likely to be the best performer as well at the minute, because there there's such a... There's not a clear line. There's not a clear set of directions. And that's something which uh, which is fairly interesting, I think, to say the least, uh, with how we are uh, operating currently. Um, but yeah, look, I think the game on Thursday, it's, it's really important for us. Obviously, we're trying to get into the top four. That's the aim, obviously, after the amount of money we spent in the summer. Uh, I kind of saw it as a project. I thought, you know, we might not get top four this year, but we've got to kind of develop. Um, obviously, Chelsea thought otherwise, but it's going to be very difficult for us to break into it with you guys playing so well, with, uh, you know, Liverpool playing okay. Obviously, not the best, but they're still playing well. Same with City, same with United. There are four teams right now which are better than us. Uh, and you guys, like I've already said, are in the box seat for the game on Thursday. So, look, I think it's going to be a very interesting game. I think it's going to be... Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be make or break for our season, maybe. I think it's going to be very crucial. But whether or not we, uh, we get the result or not, I, I don't know what's going to happen with it and how it'll affect our season. Uh, because I think now, with the hiring of Thomas Tuchel, it's pretty much null and void our season almost. We just need to get European football um, but I don't think we're playing for much obviously um, we're still in the FA Cup 
thankfully. So we might win something and we're still in the Champions League. Might win something, but it seems all very unlikely. But um, yeah, I know it sound very miserable, but I am very excited. Uh, it's gonna, I'm interested to see what Thomas Tuchel can do, especially against uh, you guys, obviously, because he's obviously admirer, admirers of you guys. He, he liked watching Tottenham when he was younger, um, but he's a Chelsea man now. And he understands what this derby means, uh, obviously, for everyone involved as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he sets up and, and how he goes and plays it, because this will be the first big team that he's actually played uh, and he's had time to prepare for. But, uh, but yeah, look, I'm excited for Thursday. Let's see what happens. Uh, hope, you know, we all enjoy the game and it has a, has a good time. But, uh, but yeah, uh, that's it from me, guys. Thank you very much. And uh, I will speak to you soon. Take care. Ricky, last word on Spurs, boys. Stamford Chidge from the Chelsea Fancast here. Uh, good to speak to you all again. Uh, doesn't seem like a few weeks ago since we last spoke, but uh, it was quite a while, wasn't it, really? A uh, lot of water has travelled under Stamford Bridge since then, of course. Um, you know, a bit of a gritty nil-nil, wasn't it, last time? I think both sides cancelled each other out. Neither neither really wanted to lose. Uh, of course, it's all changed. No Frank Lampard. As you can imagine, most Chelsea supporters uh, are really, really gutted by the fact that uh, Roman pulled the trigger uh, and poor old Frank got fired. I have to say, I think it was far too soon. Uh, we all bought into a, a more long-term project. We all realised that there'd be a bit of pain on the way as there is. Um, I don't think he was really doing that badly. I mean, the, I know the, the the recent run of form was pretty shocking, but, you know, there's so many mitigating factors, as I'm sure you lot know as well, you know. Uh, playing behind closed doors, COVID and everything that means, the ridiculous schedule, no training. And, of course, I think most of all, trying to gel half a new team into the team that did pretty well last year uh, was going to be very difficult. But there you go. That's Chelsea, boys. You only get 18 months as a manager at Chelsea, and maybe we should wake up and realise that. Anyway, Tommy Tuchel. Tommy Tuchel. Yeah. Well, he's got a big job on his hands, I think, because I think the same old problems will still exist at Chelsea. We've got some exceptionally uh, promising players, particularly the homegrown youngsters. And I think, you know, the likes of Havertz and Werner, are potentially world-class, but they are not there yet. And there's still a fair amount of dead weight in the side. And I think the irony is is that uh, Frank, I think, wanted to deal with the defence in the midfield far more than up front. And what he got was, you know, wonderful attacking players and not a lot in defence. So Tuchel's going to have to sort that out one way or the other. However, the signs are encouraging. Um, you know, he picked a pretty experienced uh, side full of players that most of us wouldn't have wanted to see, but got a draw at Wolves, but we look more solid. I like the the three four two one. Um it looked like there was a plan in place and they certainly put more of a shift in. Uh Burnley was uh was much better. There was a lot you know, they were very quick, real quick transition of the ball. They looked much more of a threat. Uh and he's right, you know, we still have a massive problem of putting the ball in the back of the net, uh even though we scored two goals. But Werner's still looking, you know, really He's in a really difficult, a difficult moment, as Carlo Ancelotti might say. Tammy, you know, he has his has his good days and his bad days. So we've still got an issue, I think, up front. But they do look a lot more solid. And I think what Tuchel has done, he's actually been smart enough to uh, play the system that suits the players that he has best at his disposal, rather than saying, this is how I'm going to play and this is how we play. And if you're not good enough, it just, you know, it doesn't really do us any favours. So three at the back really works for us, I think. Um, we've got great options at, at wing backs. Uh, Chilwell, I think, is a great player, although he's been in ropey form recently. 
Um, Alonso, we'll get back to him in a minute. His best position is as a wing-back. James or Hudson-Odoi can play very well as the wing-back. Um, and I think this kind of, you know, little kind of two and one up front hopefully will get the best out of Werner. Um, I like to see Mount start every game. He is absolutely superb. I cannot speak highly enough of him at the moment. He's been our best player this season. I worry that it might end up being a, an either Mount or Havertz. Havertz really hasn't hit his straps this season for various reasons, so that would worry me. I think the big problem for us really is still in, in, in kind of the more the, what, what Tommy Tuchel likes to call the double six, which he's he's used Kovacic and Jorginho. Kovacic is all right. Uh, not a massive fan of Jorginho, I have to say. I mean, he's he's great when you play against a team like Burnley, who had didn't even have one shot on target and tend to play long anyway. But if you play against a team that has got a lot more energy, is going to really press you hard, is going to dominate the midfield, then he, he's just so lightweight as a Premier League player, in my opinion, and he passes backwards a lot. I just don't see what he offers that somebody like Billy Gilmore wouldn't. But anyway, coming up on Thursday, Tuchel's got a massive game. I think he's already been made aware of how important it is to beat Spurs. So let's hope he uh, he proves to be tactically a very good manager, which is what I hear he is. I definitely want to see Kante come back into the, one of the, the two double sixes, preferably with Kovacic. I want Mount to start because I just think he, he just sets the tempo for Chelsea. Um, otherwise, I really wouldn't change too much. I mean, you know, it's a toss-up between... Uh, maybe maybe Giroud instead of Tammy, in fact, because, you know, being ex-Arsenal, he loves to score against you lot. Um, but he's also got to start Marcus Alonso. Now, Marcus Alonso blotted his copybook with Frank and was sent on the naughty step and has not been seen since. Um, he's a terrible left-back, but a su- superb wing-back. Um, and, I mean, that goal he scored against Burnley just epitomised what he can do. And, of course, you lot know all about Marcus Alonso, don't you? Because he's your favourite, favourite Chelsea player. And you give him dog's abuse uh, whenever he plays against you. Of course, sadly for you lot, you won't be there on Thursday. But I really hope Alonso plays because, you know, I- I'm just sure he'll score against Spurs. I mean, the last Premier League goal I saw, believe it or not, at Stamford Bridge was Marcus Alonso absolutely thundering a beautiful shot past Lloris uh, to, uh, to to clinch the win for us, the 2-1 win. So I hope he does it again. And I wouldn't be surprised if he starts and I wouldn't be surprised if he does do it again. But that said, I think it's going to be a really tough, tight match again. I, I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they try and, well, not try and cancel each other out, but do cancel each other out tactically. Jose absolutely won't want to lose to Chelsea. He never does. And uh, and Tuchel will be very mindful of the fact that uh, you know we don't want him to do anything less than than win against Spurs. But I I I, I smell a draw in this one again. I smell a cancelling out. I think the fact that you haven't got Harry Kane is a bonus for us, obviously, because he's such a good player. Son always worries me, um, but uh, we do look a lot more solid. So I'm, I'm less worried about the defence than we were, particularly if Kante comes back in instead of Jorginho. Jorginho would be a problem for me starting against Spurs. Um, and hopefully we can nick a win. But I think it'll be tight. There'll be a goal in it, I suspect, something like that. I mean, obviously I'm going to go for a Chelsea win, so I'm going to say 2-1. But equally, as I said, I wouldn't be surprised if this one ended up a draw. But as always, boys, we'll find out, won't we, at about 10 o'clock on Thursday. Anyway, I look forward to speaking to you lot another time very soon. You take care. Cheers, boys. Hello and welcome back to the third and final part of the last win on Spurs. We've gone through every single emotion you could imagine during this show. It, we've been recording for just about over an hour 
And um, we're still no longer to try and understand what's gone on than what we was 90 minutes ago before the game had finished. You know, we don't quite know what's happening. What we do know is Spurs have got a game during this week against Chelsea where, you know, Chelsea are coming off the back of, you know, a win. They come off the back of a win with a new manager in charge, new voice at the helm. And I'm worried, boys. I am worried. I've got to be honest with you. I'm not too sure what type of Tottenham we're going to be expecting. We know Mourinho always loves to get one over Chelsea. We're talking as if he's obviously going to be here because we would expect that because despite all of our crazy talk, on the wage that Jose Mourinho's on, when we all kind of joke aside about next manager and stuff, it's a huge, huge wage that he's on. And um, at this moment in time, we would expect him to be in charge for Chelsea. So coming round to you, let's start with you, John, on this. John, what are we expect ahead of Chelsea? What are you expecting this Tottenham side to throw up? Well, it's an interesting question because I, I'm looking forward to, the, as I said earlier, I'm looking forward to the windows shutting tomorrow, seeing who's actually staying, who's going, what happens with Aurier, what doesn't happen, um, and, and then building from that. But you know, Chelsea, I know they had one win um, today, but I've not been impressed with Chelsea at all this season in times we've played them. You know, we knocked them out of the cup. We went and got our point at Stamford Bridge, which at the time kept us top of the league. You know, we've had a couple of... Um, you know, their recruitment this summer, the players just haven't really gelled as yet. You know, Werner, Havertz, um, Zayec, you know, there have been a lot of disappointments with Chelsea. And um, yeah, you know, it's a big London derby and hopefully you'd hope our players can raise their game for that, you know. Um, if we don't, then we're going to be in trouble because we need to be at the same level as Chelsea are. You know, they'll be bang up for it. The new manager bounce if, if that's going to happen. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a huge game, but um, it's a little bit too early for me to call yet how that one's going to go. Okay, John, we are going to finish up with a prediction, so we'll give you a couple of minutes to think about your prediction for that one. Lee, let's come round to you. We've gone for every emotion. We've gone for nearly being done to let's get behind him. So, Lee, Chelsea to come next for Tottenham in the Premier League. What are you expecting? What kind of Tottenham are you expecting? Are we going to see a reaction? It is a massive game this for the football club now. Brains and mush, mate. I don't know what to do. I don't know if I'm, if I'm coming or going. If I'm Jose and I'm Jose, I've got no idea. It's crazy. Crazy train. Um, well, our league, our league stats are virtually identical between the two clubs. I mean, they've played one more game than us, which is uh, why um, you know, uh, you know, you can't say they're exactly identical. They've lost six games, they've drawn six, they've won nine. We've won nine, drawn six, and lost five. And that's uh, you know, that's obviously the the, the game in hand that, we, that we've got thirty three points each. Uh, goal, you know, one, they've scored one more goal than us. We've let in two less goals than them. It's virtually identical. And this is the point about, you know, how can they sack Frank Lampard, who's an absolute club legend, yeah, top record goal scorer, club legend, and they've sacked him because they've gone, hang on a minute, we need to put a stop to whatever rot is going on at Chelsea. Yeah, we're sitting there going, you know, yeah, we should sack him and maybe we shouldn't sack him. And, but they're an identical situation to us. I don't know what sort of game we're going to get. Well, excuse me, scrap that. I know exactly what sort of game we're going to get. We're at home in a, in a London derby and it's going to be slow walking pace with five at the back and we're going to soak up the pressure. We're going to allow them to have lots of shots on, on goal to get their confidence up, a bit more confidence, get in there. You know, like two calls had, had a nice win today, so we'll get a little more few, few in there. Jose will look at him and think, well, I've got no cane, but I still play exactly the same way. I won't play my striker from the beginning that I bought in the summer. I, I, I play on the counter-attack still without the most the guy that can play on the counter-attack. Um, and we'll struggle. We might, we might nick a draw, um, but I honestly will sit here and say, I cannot see us beating Chelsea. And when you say he loves to get one over on his football club, 
Frank done a double over us last season in the league uh, with uh, with Chelsea, and he was a rookie manager, and he's still done Jose uh, twice, both home and away. And yes, we've beaten them, um, albeit on penalties to get through to the Carabao Cup, um, and also it was a drab nil-nil draw at uh, their place. So I can't I can't give any optimism whatsoever that we're going to take three points. But it would not surprise me if we beat them three 0 and it wouldn't surprise me if we lost five one. I mean, it's just I can't predict it. It's ridiculous. Rich, coming to you, you know we haven't even discussed him yet. Gareth Bale ineffective for an hour of that game at the, at the Brighton. You know we've not discussed him because what's there to discuss really? Um, tell me, Rich, what can he change in this team that's going to get a reaction where fans are going to look at that team and think, do you know what, Joe's the word here. And something is going to change. I just don't know now what he can do to really get a reaction now. What, what can he do, Rich? What, what can he do in this team lineup to really spark some form of change for this game? Well, bizarrely, before I come, uh, before I come to that point, quite as I said, bizarrely, it, it almost as if Thomas Tuchel, who's apparently a big fan of Spurs, and Jose Mourinho, who seems to be a big fan of Chelsea. It's almost as if they should be in the opposite dugouts on Thursday night. But they should, Tuchel should come in and manage us, and he can he can go back there. Um, I don't know what he changes, Rick. I just don't. I don't know. It's it is literally shifting the deck chairs on the Titanic for me now. It, it's that it's it's over. I don't. I just can't see who he now brings in, who he changes, because. As far as I'm concerned, they, they're not playing for him. They are not playing for him. And that is a real, real worry and a real bad place to be. So bring, bring in who you like. I just, I cannot see us beating Chelsea. I cannot see us playing. Uh, until such time as he goes now, he's not going to get a performance out of those players. But maybe in the cup final... I don't know. Maybe the players will go, hang on a minute, this is a cup final. We can't, you know, we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to the fans, maybe. But other than that, I can't see them, I can't see them giving it, giving their all uh, and, and turning this around. I think it, it's done, Rick. It, it's done. And I, I, I can't see anything other than a, than a home loss on Thursday night. I really, really don't want to be saying this, mm, but... Yeah. It's just just the way I see it now. Just what I've seen today in the last couple of ga- games, they're gone. And once they're gone, there's no coming back, back from it. Yeah, there's the worry, no yeah. coming back. It's yeah. just like, I mean, it's making for a terrible analysis on a pod, but it, um, that that is now ground zero. He's finished. He's done. Uh, so everything now is just hope. But if that is the fact that that, that, that it's done... That's it. You can't sort of say, oh, like, you know, maybe if he does this, maybe if he does that. Gone. Finished. Prediction then, Rich? <laughs> Pain. I-, I can see us getting done 2 or 3 1. Yeah. 2 or 3 1 on Thursday yeah, night. I hate, yeah. I mean, I hate to say I it. I, I, I'm, I'm going to squeeze mine in now me. just so we can try and end on maybe a positive. If there's, there's, if there's one from the boys. Um, I see us losing 2-1. I've got to be honest, I think Tuchel, the new manager, bounced, so they've got their first win under him. Um, it's, it pains me to predict Tottenham to lose, but I just can't see 
away forward at the moment. And I might feel different in the morning. I don't know. We, we record these shows straight after. Maybe I'll wake up, I feel different. At the moment, I don't. And that pains me to ever predict the Tottenham loss. I mean, John, the John has come to you. John, what do you see happening prediction-wise for this one? Yeah, look, Rick, as you said, everything in life, and it's not just Tottenham, but this goes for life as a whole, I find. Everything is always better when you sleep on it in the morning. Whatever the bad situation is, however crap you feel, however demoralised, we will all wake up tomorrow and feel a little bit better than we do right now. Um, but the beauty of these shows are that we do record live and you get more emotion from people and, and we say it how it is, you know. Um, but for me personally, it's Chelsea at home. You've got to hope the players realise how important this is, want to put on a show, you want Ndombele to run the show against Kante, you know, try and impress the France manager. There's a lot of individual one-on-one duels in that game. And the Tottenham players often say that the, the club they feel like they dislike the most is actually Chelsea rather than Arsenal's players. So you hope there's some ingrained desire and reputation and passion to go out there and get the win. Um, I, I can't sit here and predict Tottenham to lose at home to Chelsea, so I'm not going to. Um, I'm going to go with a... Uh, a 2-1 Tottenham win. I don't know how, I don't know why. But, but there go on, go. John. That's what, That's what I'm saying. John, you wouldn't mate. be you, mate, if you didn't predict the Tottenham win. That is you. Leader, finish up. What's well, been, I've got to say, a difficult show. I've got to say thank you well, to every single listener that's listening to this right now because um, it is painful, painful to record at the moment. So we thank you so much for listening. Lee, finish us up. What are we going to see? Is, I think this is where everybody listeners realises when I say I'm done. What I mean by that is that we will lose this football match. And, and I never, ever predict that we lose, but we're going to lose 2-0. Uh, I can't see any other way. I think that we're going to set up defensively. We're going to try a counter-attack that doesn't exist um, because we've lost Kane. And we, we, if he doesn't change, which he's not going to, so if he doesn't change the way we approach this football match, we lose. Um, and we lose and we lose 2-0. What I would say is if we don't lose, if we win, if we're like John and be... I mean, I'm, I, can't, I can't be optimistic tonight. I can't, I can't do it. Um, but if we are optimistic and we go and win, that that could be a, a, a changing point in our season. I say it every week, I think, but it could be because it'd be a massive result for for us and where yeah. we are at the moment. Um, That's but, the yeah, key, like, thing, like you said there. This match feels very huge. much a tipping point, doesn't it? It's if massive. We can win massive. the game. Maybe there is still that little bit of hope in the tank that there's still something left here. But if we lose it, it probably will it's, feel. Uh, I think crackers. I think crackers it nail on the head earlier. You know if. if and it looks like it has happened. If we've lost the dressing room, if he's lost the dressing room, then we're, we're no one, we're no one uh, for, for definite, we're no one Thursday. Because like, like John just said, you know, Chelsea, Tottenham, the rivalry, all that sort of stuff. Now, if they're not up for this football match and go out and run their socks off and absolutely, what, what are they conserving their energy for tonight? What, what, what was it for if, yeah. they haven't, if the dressing room hasn't been lost? That's the point yeah. Craig's is making. Yeah. So if it, if it hasn't been lost and he's still together and he wants to go out and do it, mm. we, we, we'll see it on Thursday. We will indeed. Guys, let me say a massive thank you. John. Thank you, mate. Difficult circumstances. Always difficult to recall straight after a defeat. Even like that, on the back of that display, even harder. Thank you, as always. Appreciate it. No, good to be on, boys. Nice speaking to you all. And uh, fans, come on, let's stick together. Mm. Let's see what we can do. Thursday is yeah. massive for this football club. Let's all get behind the boys and keep positive energy. Come on, you Spurs. Yeah. Believe it or not, we've actually been through tougher times. We're still in free cup competitions. We're still in touch and distance of that top four. It feels so bizarre having these kind of conversations, but it's just what you're seeing on the pitch. It's, you know, the feeling around the, the mood of the camp. It just 
feels like that there's something isn't right right now. It's it the like way it. we're losing. That's yeah, why. The way it? we're losing, if, the way if we're If we'd playing. have gone out and battered, if we'd have had 11 shots on target yeah. and their goalkeeper had an absolute weldy yeah. and they scored an absolute yeah. belting exactly, weldy yeah. from the outside, you yeah. know, you, you just have to put your hands up and say, you know yeah. what, that's a bad day at the office yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But it's it's consistent. I mean, the Fulham game felt like a defeat. The Palace game felt like a defeat. Yeah. The Wolves game felt like a defeat. Yeah. And, you know, four I mean, of them <laughs> out of them nine games were defeats. Yeah. The other three were draws, but they all felt like defeats. Yeah. So it feels like that we've, out of, out of nine Premier League games, it feels like we've lost seven. Yeah. You know, it just feels... And then, like you say, you look at the table, you look at the cup competition we're in, and that's why it is crazy train. That, and that's why I keep hammering the point back. It's, yeah. It is madness. It wouldn't surprise me if we if we bagged a couple of trophies this year, but it also wouldn't surprise me if we just, you know, we sacked Marino, you know, before the end of the season. It's just madness. You can't madness predict football. it. You can't predict it. Okay. Rich... Let's finish up with you, Rich. I mean, I don't know what to say, what to do. I suppose the next few days will be very, very interesting in, in terms of what's going to happen with our football club. We know, obviously, we're calling on deadline day here. Deli Ali might not be a Spurs player for a few months, depending if he gets his move to Paris Saint-Germain as well. That's, again, another story that will probably uh, have some back to it down the line. Rich, just difficult to know what's going to happen now, isn't it, in the next few days in terms of the reaction we're going to expect? Yeah, and like I said, Rick, I just can't see mm. that that changing. I've just yeah. I've seen it tonight. You, I've seen it before with teams when when they've gone when they don't want to play for a manager again or uh, they, they, they're finished. And I've seen it. I see it tonight. They are not trying a leg for him. The attitude wasn't there, like Lee said. It, it wasn't as if we was trying and just got beat. You know, you lose games. You do lose games. Forget results. Don't look at results, people. That you know, just look at the way we played, the attitude we applied ourselves with. It wasn't now. It's it's gone. And I'm afraid Lee's crazy train is is going. It's going at 50, 60 miles an hour. But that's just from earlier in the season when the fire was stoked and it's still rolling. But now something's happened. It's taken, a, it's taken a route and those buffers are coming. They are on the horizon and th that train's got no brakes and this is mm. ending one way and one way only. I'm calling it now. Mm. I, I wish it was different. I really, really do. But I, I've, I've seen enough and, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry to be th that, this negative everybody mm. listeners I, I really am but uh that that's the way i see it other than yeah. that come on you spurs rick hey eh? i know turbo listen we are gonna be back after chelsea god knows what we're gonna be facing as always guys thank you ever so much for listening tuning in giving us your questions each and every week thank you so much as i said over 100 and well sorry over 220 questions in to the last word on spurs listen we're gonna try and hopefully read some of them out in the coming weeks in a bit more detail thank you as always keep safe keep well and as always Come on, you Spurs, please. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.